This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Danny Stover from Let's Talk on 640 Toronto battles with me on game showing for the first time. The face-off to see who has the better knowledge of Canadians' favorite winter sports and ice sports. Learned a lot about ringette. We dive into painkillers and how opioid addictions start with Yona Budd, therapist and host of At Your Best here on the network on Saturdays. He helps us understand why some opioid users chase deadlier highs and how we can help those who are addicted to opioids too. Be an advocate for yourself was his advice. And it's good advice. You got to hear it. Are you okay with Beyonce and trades? Two different stories right here on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. We got to play Canada's favorite radio game show. That's right. It's time for Game Showy. It's Canada's favorite game show on the radio. Kelsey Campbell is off tonight. Getting up to who knows what. Anybody got bail money? <laughs> Sitting in for Kelsey Campbell from AM640 Toronto is Daddy Stover. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Thanks, Bob. Welcome to Game Showy, Danny. How you feeling? Thanks for joining. Uh, I'm excited. I uh, I don't get up this early, late. For late, just early? Yeah. Love that. Yeah, it's an ungodly hour over in Tirana <laughs> right now. But that doesn't mean we can't brighten your... Let me double check. It is morning. Yes, let's yes, brighten yes. your morning with some trivia. So this is your first time playing. I'm going to warn you. Shane does get a little chirpy, which uh, <laughs> makes sense because today's theme is icy sports yes the sports related to the ice as winter is it's canada it's september which means we're gonna blink and it's gonna there's there's gonna be snow tomorrow so you know enjoy oh, it don't while it say lasts. that you don't just say that ryan i'm welcoming it i'm excited you know, for you it gotta, you don't, this summer's brutal yeah, like you don't just go say that and and do that i Why that's not? weird why not? I think I'm going to go, actually, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, come on. Right? No, 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 no. This is your environment. You're, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we all thrive here today and uh, that I don't immediately turn somebody off from Canada's favorite game show on the exactly, radio. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Danny, here's how this works. It's very simple. Our contestants, you and Shane, are going to pick a question and a difficulty of said question. Now. Today, we're playing for the one thing all ice needs, Zambonis. So one Zamboni would be an easy question. Three would be hard. Now, if you get the question right, you will hear this. Let's kick some ice. <laughs> kick some ice, friends. Now, if it's wrong, you'll hear another really terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger pun. Allow me to break the ice. Don't Very break good. the ice. Very good, eh? Now, we've got three categories of questions to choose from. We have at the rink, ice, ice, baby, ice, ice, baby. Oh, right. <laughs> Ooh. Ice. Thank you. Jeez. You're welcome. And 
gear, the stuff you need to play the gear. sports. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling? So far, so good? Great. I'm so, desperately trying to think have... of ice puns. They'll come. Oh, don't worry. There's, there's more. In fact, I've got a fresh one coming up for you right now. <laughs> we also have the text line special, which is a very cool question, Danny, because it's for the listeners and the listeners alone. So this means that even if you know the answer, you can't give it to me. You have to depend on our loyal listeners. It's hidden in the show, and one of you will stumble across it. And if the textures are right, you will win two Zambonis. When we find the text line special, you'll hear this. What killed the dinosaurs? There is AIDS! (laughs) (laughs) What? That just happened. That's another Arnold Schwarzenegger ice fun from Batman and Robin when he played Mr. <laughs> Freeze. Okay. Now, what? here's the question for the listeners. 877-399-9898. It's all up to you, shift heads. What is dubbed the fastest sport on ice? Ooh. Again, 877-399-9898 is our number. Your question, what is the fastest sport on ice? Is it hockey? Speed skating, figure skating, or ringette? Again, the options, hockey, speed skating, figure skating, or ringette? Text in your answers now. Get them in now, and we'll get this show rolling, and we'll find out if you're right or wrong coming up very shortly here on Game Showy. Okay, I'm Shane Hewitt. It's The Shift. Danny Stover is our guest, AM640, in the evenings. Now, you've stayed up very late for to be here with us. Um, thank you for doing that. The show is, sounds fantastic, by the way. Things are great. Oh, thank you. Um, how you. How you loving it? It's all right? Yeah? Good? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm really loving it. It's, uh, it's, I guess we're about nine months old now. We're coming up on the year mark, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the process. Um, I've been listening to 640 Toronto for my whole life. So it feels kind of cool to be a part of the fabric now, part of the family. Oh, part of, see, go get your own liquor, kind of the family. All right. Okay. Well, that's where the niceness ends because now it's time to play. (laughs) Yeah. It's time to get started with Game Showy. Your categories are at the rink, ice, ice, baby, which sounds terrible over the music bed <laughs> and here, <laughs> Bob. Oh, uh, thanks, Bob. Okay, well, uh, Danny, it is uh, it is only it makes only sense that you get to pick the first question and category of said question. So I give it to you. Get us started. Let's do this. All right, I think I'm going to go with Ice Ice Baby for just one Zamboni. Ooh, let's do it. It's good. Here's your question. In curling, the skip is the slang used for what team member or which team member? Is the skip the captain, the sweeper, the first thrower, or the second thrower? I'm going to go with the sweeper. The sweeper. The sweeper is... Incorrect. It is no! not I'm sorry. Now here comes the rough part. Shane has five seconds to steal the answer from you, and he'll get the one Zamboni if he's right. Shane, do you know it? Five, four. The skip is the captain, my friend. The skip is the captain. Oh! That is correct. I was gonna say that. Get some ice. 
Nice. There are four players on each curling team. The lead throws the first two rocks. The second throws the next two. The third throws the following two. And the skipper, the skip, throws the last stones. Mm-hmm. But who's on That's first? okay. Who is, I don't know who's on first. <laughs> uh, the first is the lead. Sorry. The lead is the... Is the... That's a, it's an yeah. old joke. It's very good, though. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard that before. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a spending too much time Sometimes watching Batman and goes, Robin. Pew. Right? Yeah. Yeah, um, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Okay, see... Kelsey goes for the goes for the, the the jugular usually here with points. So mm-hmm. I feel like this is nice. Okay. This is nice play. I'm Bat the ball around. Me. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with gear, Ryan, yep. for two Zambonis, please. Okay. Shane, here's your question. Mm-hmm. The most uh, important part of a hockey game is probably well, you could argue it's either the skates or the stick. That's but- the puck, but or the puck, but you can. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's your question: Where in Canada <laughs> did the hockey stick originate? A tree. Uh, well, okay, very good. But w- who made them first? Oh, was it in Nova Scotia? Oh boy, Quebec, Ontario, or not in Canada at all? Oh my. Um, Nova Scotia, Quebec, Ontario, or not in Canada. Well, I can't even say not in Canada and still like feel Canadian. So we're not going to do that. I, I feel like I'm going to go with Quebec only because that just seems like an answer Ryan would pick. It does because Montreal Canadians and it does. However, unfortunately, as a Habs fan, I can lay claim to many Stanley Cups, but I can't lay claim to this one. That is incorrect. Allow me to break the ice. Danny, you have five seconds to steal. Do you know the answer? Tree. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know the answer, but Nova Scotia. Take a guess. Nova Scotia is correct. It is Nova Scotia. Yes. Who invited this person? No, this is cool. I got a cool fact. The Mi'kmaq people started making yeah. hockey sticks from hornbeam trees in Nova Scotia around 1890. And the oldest known hockey stick dates back to the 1830s, though. It was made for William Dilly Moffat. And it was oh. uh, made from sugar maple wood and is actually in the Canadian Museum of History. Ah. Did, is he oh. from Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, too? Or what? Isn't that a great name? Come on. <laughs> William Dilly Moffat? I love it. Mm-hmm. I pass the anyway, off it. That's enough fun stuff. Move along. Don't move want along. Any... Now yeah, I'm losing. This is interesting. Danny, you're in a good spot here because you could take quite a healthy lead if you get the next question mm-hmm. right. And it's your turn. All right, to pick. it's my turn Where to guess. Going? Okay. It is. Uh, let's go at the rink and let's do let's do okay, let's go one Zamboni at the rink. One Zamboni? Okay, keeping it yeah. keeping it tight. All right. Keeping it conservative, you know. All right, here's your question. Where is the biggest ice skating rink in Canada. Is it in Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, or Ottawa? I mean, oh. I got to go Toronto. I'm Toronto. There's some, I, uh, yeah, there's some big ones in Toronto, but it's not in Toronto. It's not. I'm uh. sorry. As soon as it came out of my mouth, it felt wrong. Let's just say. (laughs) I was like, I think I would have heard about this. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then Torontonians be like, yeah, I used to live just outside Toronto, so I know what you mean. Uh, Shane, you got five seconds to steal this. Do you know it? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Ottawa, I think, even though it wasn't a rink last year. It wasn't one last year, but it was for 50 years. And yes, that's correct. Yeah. It is the Rideau Canal Skateway. You know, oh. uh, the cool thing about the Rideau Canal, when you skate the Rideau Canal, when there's a bunch of truckers parked in uh, in Ottawa downtown, <laughs> when you get about two or three kilometers from downtown, you can hear the horns. And there's a yeah. lot of great music playing. So that was that was a fun part of skating the Rideau Canal. And throwing your it was very Canadian. Throw your skates over your shoulder. You know, have a pint walk through a protest, have a campfire. <laughs> I, I got saved by baby Jesus en français, and then I skated home. It was beautiful. It was all things Canadian. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a time. And it's now time, <laughs> Shane, for you to pick a question. <laughs> okay, uh, it, is, uh, it is two to two at the moment. Two so two. I'm going to go, Ooh. I'm, uh, I'm going to be uh, conservative. I'm going to go to the rink again. I like that one. And I'm going to go with... Dos Zambonos. Dos Zambonos. Zambonos. That's fun. I like that. Oh, wait a minute. Huh. It's interesting. This isn't a normal question, Shane. Hmm. You just found the text line special, my friend. Get out. What killed the dinosaurs? Pew pew. Worst movie ever made. I love it. Okay. The question (laughs) for the listeners and the listeners alone. 877-399-9898. What is the fastest sport on ice? The options, hockey, speed skating, figure skating, or ringette. Now, it's tight. I got to say, there were three. Well, somebody texted bobsled, which was not a, not an option, <laughs> but bobsleds do go very, very fast. So you're not inherently wrong there. You're not, not wrong. <laughs> I love it. That goes with one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. <laughs> I know we've got a couple of those today. Uh, so we've got a couple of texts from the, uh, from Calgary for hockey. And then also Tina in Calgary says, hi, Ryan, exclamation point, ringette, 100% ter- certain. Tina in Calgary, are you certain Tina. about that? Greg well, said that so too. so is Bryce in Southern Ontario and mm. many others, which was by far the most texted in answer. And that, Shane... I'm happy to say, is correct. It is Rance. Hoping it was bobsled. Now, Danny, why is ringette the fastest sport on ice? Well, I would say um, the rules make it so that you do have to do more skating. So I think it just ends up being faster. And I've seen it. I've seen ringette players outskate hockey players. Yes, that's what my so hockey coach used part. to do. That for us used to make us play the ringette players because in order to think differently and pass the puck, because in ringette you have to pass across the blue lines. Yeah. Um, so let me ask, cause you have ex- such experience with ringette. So let me ask you this question in hockey. They took away the two line pass center ice. It grossly changed the game. Oh. Um, I, I sort of think that um, the cool part of ringette is that pass the ring yeah. over the blue lines thing. But in with younger people, it really can stop the game. But with the older people, it it really can be slick, right? Like the the plays are pretty slick with those. Oh yeah. Do you think it would like be you, faster if they adjusted that rule or? Uh, well, there's no two line pass allowed in ringette either, I believe. Um, yeah. They might have changed that rule because it's been a while since I played. But um, 
I do think that the blue line, it does. It's still very fast. And I think you just do train your brain to look for those players. It's positioning. So because you can't showboat or cherry pick or go end to end, there's really no stars. I mean, there still are. Um, but You're on the team, you do have game. to you have to make like three passes essentially to get from one end to the other. So uh, you start to learn where you need to be. And that does speed things up as you get, I guess, more experience. What's your invite for uh, young folks? It's particularly women, but young folks, uh, which is women in hockey, I would imagine, had an impact on women in ringette. Um, but at the same time, they're such great athletic team sports. What's your invite for young people to get well, involved, do you think? It's funny because in a, I growing up in Ontario, I played here, and, and it was actually invented in North Bay, and it's a very quirky Canadian sport. But I've been hearing more people talking about it out West as though they're just discovering it. And they're positioning it as an alternative to hockey, but also just an alternative sport to play that is very team oriented. You can go just once a week and you can play for your hour and you can make great friends and your parents can make great friends and um, you can have a lot of fun doing it. And there's that kind of team vibe of like, there aren't any showboats on the team. And I wouldn't say it's even just for women anymore, either or girls. Um, But then you can also make it your entire personality for several many years and (laughs) every weekend be driving out to a smaller remote town to play a bunch of girls but uh i love it then there's a lot of try ring at hours happening right now so i would say like cool. reach out to your local rink and see what's going on and see if you like it first and i all right you- well there you go danny stover all about ringette right there the only thing they should not do in <laughs> ringette is make it be like lacrosse where you can hit each other with the stick that does not go well yeah, ryan like o'donnell back to the game show uh let's do it uh so now we're at four to two Danny, you're up. And you're still going to be your last question. This is going to be your last question. So you can either go for a tie or you can try to go for a winning winning kill shot here. Okay. And let's go gear three Zambonis, my friend. Oh, my God. Three Zambonis. Uh, It's another curling question. I watched a 20-minute documentary on curling (laughs) stones today. Fascinating stuff. So... Say you wanted to go play curling at the Olympics. How Uh-oh. much would a set of 16 curling stones set you back? $1,000? $5,000? or a whopping 15 grand? How much wow. is a full set of curling stones for at the Olympics? Uh oh, $1,000. 1,000 going 1,000 going 1,000 final. And that is, I'm sorry, Danny, that is incorrect. Oh. It is not $1,000. If you get them at Costco. Don't break. <laughs> you can't. You can, I'm talking the Olympics. <laughs> you got a coupon, eh? <laughs> hey, Shane, five seconds to steal. Well, Ryan has no concept of expensive, so I'm going to go with $15,000 at almost $1,000 of stone. Thousand, yeah, you're close, but no cigar. That is incorrect. It's not fifteen thousand dollars. It's not one thousand. It's ten thousand. Just under ten thousand dollars. There are only ten people on the planet that are allowed to make Olympic certified stones. It comes oh. from special granite, and each of them right. costs about six hundred dollars without shipping. So, yeah, <laughs> it's oh, an shipping. investment. Oh man, because they're not heavy at all. <laughs> It's yeah. It's like the classic. Your item costs ten thousand dollars, but it's fifty thousand to ship it. In case you're wondering, <laughs> yes, just another casual one of those. Uh, only because we didn't use it enough. Well, we have a winner on game show.
Joey. I'm sorry to say that it's not our guest, Danny Stover, today. But that's okay, because Danny is competitive, and she'll come back <laughs> just to kick my ass. The final score was 4-2, to two, but let's be honest, I'm not sure I even got one right through that whole process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget to have your uh, skate sharpened and your pets spayed or neutered but those are not connected just to be clear it's not part of the same process uh danny uh thank you so much for coming in and being a part of this and staying up late with us here on the shift thank you for having me okay now for everybody else radio player canada app you can get it from shiftheads.ca Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to shiftheads.ca. You're going to touch the little button that says Radio Player Canada app, and it's going to help you pick your phone, and then you're going to find AM640 in Toronto, and then you're going to touch the little heart button, and you're going to listen to Danny tomorrow. Okay? That's what you're going to do, and give it a go. It's a great show. Um, Danny, thank you for uh, all of this. Good luck with the show. Please come back. Uh, oh, if yeah. you want to fight Kelsey, up. you can do that too on here. That's always fun. Um Kelsey's feisty and loses often, but feisty. And, I feel like uh, I need to up my things. smack talk. Yeah, that's all right. You can do that. Practice. That. It just takes practice. Yeah, practice yeah become a little bit mean. Yeah, be mean. <laughs> okay, 877-399-9898. That's our phone number here on the shift. And we want to know songs with uh, women's names in the title. And so in uh, honor of uh, Danny Stover being here, from um, her show in Toronto at AM640, of course, which uh, you can catch at 7 to 10 uh, Eastern Time on Let's Talk. Uh, it only seems appropriate that we say thank you, Danny, for being a part of the shift. Thank you. This is the Shift Podcast. We have a very special guest right now here on the Shift. At Your Best goes Saturday nights on the network. In fact, right before the show. So I suck up to Yona Bud because he brings you to us. Uh, how you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. Nice to see you. It's great to see you, too. Um, the show is, uh, well, you're still here. And in, in our world of broadcasting, that's always a thumbs up, right? Um, yeah, for sure. How How's the experience of the show? I, I, I would imagine with At Your Best and you guys talk about some uh, well-being and you talk about... Um, uh, drugs and all that stuff. Uh, I imagine that community is really starting to show up now. Yeah, it's interesting. We're uh, I, I'm loving it. We're making tons of new connections every every week and uh, hearing from different listeners and the feedback and from strangers I run into every once in a while and emails throughout the week. So I know we're making more and more connections. I think we're talking about um, things that people want to connect to. Uh, we're trying to you know. You know, shine the light on people that are really performing at their best at, at whatever level. Sometimes it's athletic, sometimes it's in the community, sometimes it's in business, uh, sometimes just being a good neighbor, uh, and also people not at their best. You know, maybe some governmental type things where you know we're letting a, we're letting a government people letting their constituents down and so on. So it's a combination of uh, looking at real life stories and, and humans around at their you know being at their best or maybe not so much at their best, but carving into that some messages on. And how we could probably do better as individuals. So um, I think it's I, I think the format works really well. I think people really appreciate it. Uh, a lot of uh, folks uh, out there with uh, a lot of uh, interesting stories to tell. And uh, yeah, I'm having a really good time. With your background in psychology and all the bits that you have in your you know in your life, other than the show, 
one thing we do here on Good News Tuesday is we always say that, you know, the good, in order to understand the good, you have to understand the bad. They dance together, right? Yeah, and what absolutely. I'm hearing and what you're saying is, you know, when people are at their best and people are maybe uh, at their worst, somebody's best could have been somebody else's worst and yet they must dance together, right? Like it must be interesting for you to listen to that as an invitation, uh, you know, not even guidance, just space to take what is the best today and how do you make that better for you? What is the worst today? And maybe their experience of themselves might seem like the worst for them, but to other people that could be great. And, and to create that perspective so they can shine that light on it, as you say. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <clears throat> I know we all need to spend some time at our worst so that we can get to a place where we could be at our best. Yeah. And and often, you know, the frailties of, of, of humanity are are what they are. And uh, to, to ignore those or pretend that those don't exist or somehow that's a standard to set ourselves by, uh, I think is not a not a logical or, or realistic way to approach uh, life and our mental health going forward. I think we all have our ups and downs. It's a function of how you manage the downs, right? And take advantage of the ups to kind of mellow out the downs. So it's a question of staying in the moment as much as possible. Mm. As, as you know, you're a student of mindfulness, a uh, teacher of mindfulness. Um, so it's a function of being able to take from the mistakes and create new opportunities to learn so you don't make them again. Being able to profile people that are maybe not at their best from the perspective of humanity, we all can look at ourselves and go, you know what? I can sort of almost see how they did that. Like, yeah, it really sucks, but... Um, and I think that it makes it easier for us to connect uh, to people so we can see how everyone, even if they're on a silver platter or up on a high loft somewhere, um, everyone has the tendency to uh, not always shine. And um, it's important that we're all frail and we all make mistakes. It's a question of what you do with it. Hmm. Well, that's amazing. Um, comparison really is the death nail of humanity. and. Right. And um, it really sucks the life out of you. So when you speak to that and, and be able to do that, that perspective that you share of just observing and being with people and present to it, I mean, that's really cool. How's it feel to do some of that stuff more in real time at a distance versus sort of clinically in a controlled environment with some of your past experience? Um, well, for me, it's easier to manage because I can stand back a little bit more. Yeah. I don't really, I don't have a key necessarily to the uh, emotional crisis or the unstable, you know, uh, mind at the time. <clears throat> Sometimes in the, in the, especially the kind of crisis work I did for so many years, I mean, for decades, uh, you know, I really dealt with people, mostly younger people, uh, really at their at their worst in terms of, you know, for me, I used to joke around and say, I'm the guy that goes out there and sells life over death every day. Mm. Um, and yeah. I wasn't joking. I wasn't joking. I used to say, I'm the world's greatest salesman. I sell life. Um, and people would joke about, you know, I would joke about it, but I, it, for real. So now to be able to stand back and and do more um, from a, uh, from a, from a, a more global perspective, uh, looking at it more as a group of individuals as opposed to any one uh, individual, although I do try to connect with people on a one-to-one -one level, no matter how big the audience, how big the audience might be. But it takes a little bit of the responsibility, I think, that I put on myself away when there isn't so much of the one-on-one -on -one connection. And I think um, that's the, I think the piece in the therapy part of my life uh, that I'm drifting from a little bit because I don't think I'm <clears throat> able to make those connections as much today. Like, I, I just don't understand the mind of a 15 year old today, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 20 years ago, I certainly did uh, 10 years ago, maybe even. So I think it's time that I move into the kind of stuff I'm doing now and more coaching and more executive work. Uh, Cause it's easier for me to make the human connection, which makes the work easier. 
seeing somebody, this is where I think everyone's going to really relate to what you're saying. Um, the potential in somebody, you know, that coaching, um, that positive reinforcement, uh, the ability to turn that around, the performance sort of part. Now, performance is relative, which is cool. Um, but seeing that and your discipline that comes with that and being able to go, yeah, but you should, right? And not be able to do that because they've got to find it on their own so they feel inspired and they get to own it. But at the same time, with your experience of of that performance coaching and all those bits, it must be so tempting to just say, it's right there, man. Like, can you not? I love it. You're so right on the money, buddy. Um, yeah, I, for sure. Like, you, you, you want to pull the words out of their mouth sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's never a, a healthy way to 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 work um you know i i i'd li i'd lie to say that from time to time i don't slip over the line and perhaps do that in some forceful way I, it's I okay for you use... to be a human right exactly uh i think the i think for me that I, I connect by saying you know you know if i was in your shoes at this stage of my life then this is what i would be doing mm -hmm. right so i can make that a kind of a bit of a forceful pitch, but I, I try never to say you, I try never to use the words you, mm -hmm. uh, in, in my communication. Cause it, it, it's, I feel it sounds judgy, um, even with my kids or my colleagues. Uh, I, I, you know, it's important what I feel, but I don't have to put it on them. It's, you know, I, it's not, I'm not there to make that judgment call. So I think it's important that we recognize that we all are in this, you know, I know we all say we're in this together, but, but we are one thing leads to another. If I have a bad day and I go to the store and I dump all over the, the, you know, the clerk in the store, he's going to have a bad day and he's going to dump all over the next customer who's going to go home and dump on his family and like mm -hmm. so as much as we don't think we're connected the little things that we do when we make somebody smile man that goes a long way but yeah. when we make some we make somebody cry it's like oceans of it right yeah well that whole transference thing is just rampant i always sort of i always sort of because for me it's language as you know and, and i yeah. say you know we smear this negative droll all over our day and everybody we speak to whether they're just walking through the door and we like and i like the word smear because that's kind of what it feels like right like you take that ball of ugly uh, exactly. unintended but ball of ugly and just kind of go smear across your day i know it's uh, that's why I, right. I have a program that i run a speaking thing that i do keynote speech that i do called make it make it a great day because it's something you work towards it's not something you just have when someone says okay have a great day and they're not giving you some kind of pack pa you know package of magic they're not giving you anything other than maybe a nice gesture and a nice word but you really need to make it a great day if you want it to be one and and i know you know mm -hmm. how to do that so i'm speaking to the well i'm learning to the converted. I, I, i've 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 i i know I understand what possible looks like in that. And um, then it's up to me to create that. And I, I'm learning how to navigate some of those pieces. I, I can tell, I'll share openly since, you know, you and I, you know, we kind of both strive to put our uh, like open heartedness into the conversation every day. Discipline. Discipline for me comes directly from work in the last year and the distinction between discipline and hardworking. And that my dad used to always say, work smarter, not harder, fair ball. But for me, discipline, I am a very hard worker. I have learned that I am not disciplined. So discipline has come in more forms inside relationships, love and all the bits and pieces that I work to discover every day and create. And then now I've been able to take that sort of hippie approach and apply it to business. Because when I sit in front of my spreadsheet, I don't look at it as, uh don't want to do this. I look at it as, you know, loving the topic, loving the, the, the project. And that's 
just to be clear, I mean, that's what someone goes through after years of work, not a career's worth, but, you know, years and years of work. You know what? It, I think discipline's a great word to to focus on. I, you know, I would add a little piece, if I may. You know, the, the, you have to have purpose in order to drive the discipline. So, yeah. you know, if you have, if you know where you're going, at least for now, uh, with some, you know, I, I know we're both mindful kind of guys, but you know, some purpose, some some goal as to where you want to be in a little while. Uh, I think for me, anyway, for me, it helps me drive my my scheduling, my discipline, my you know, my commitment to time and effort that it takes to be you know human and do it. the work that we, each of us do and and try to be uh, you know, I'm sure friends and lovers and all those other things on the side, right? So um, yep. yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's brilliant, and the fact that you're so open. By the way, I want you to know that you have the slickest operation ever. You're so technically advanced in terms of your bookings <laughs> and all that stuff, and even the screens that come up while I'm waiting in the room to get on this call with you uh it, it's just spectacular uh you're a first class operator and the fact that you that you're open about your uh about what you do uh on your in your from personal journey perspective uh which is way beyond your broadcaster's chops uh speaks you know volumes and i'm glad to to visit i look forward to, to hanging out with you whenever i can ah that's very cool, kind of cool of you. I want to give this because you just talked about that to the audiences that, and they're welcome to ask about it. I'm just going to put it out there to plant the seed. Uh, in the logical world and in sort of the spiritual, soulful world, I break it down into two sets of three words as the language guy. Um, logical world's quite simple. In business, any project, and I've shared this before on The Shift, but I like to just give it out there. People can ask questions if they're interested. Uh, is it relevant? Is it attainable? Is it sustainable? That's the business plan. That's the logic part. Fill those three. The other part I do backwards, I say, is it complete? Uh, it's completion, action, intention. So when are you complete? What is your goal? Um, then your action is what are you willing to do to get there? And intention is why to what you speak of. It just shapes it into those two words or those two, two spaces of words Brilliant. and um, allows that. If you can answer those questions, this is my promise to everybody. Is it relevant, attainable, sustainable in personal life as in work, business, projects, whatever, and completion, action, and intention. If you can fulfill those two sets, you will succeed. Amazing. You will, you'll also find out very quickly uh, where your plan breaks down. <laughs> I think you need to write a book. I, I, I sense there's a book coming here. That's very good. I, th I think you should help me write a book and then we'll be good. <laughs> Let's talk about drugs um, because you do a lot of rehab work and a lot of the conversation is about drugs. There's an article there that you shared about potency that I was really curious about um, and how important and po potency is important, purity as well, how I sort of heard it, yet that seems counterintuitive to the conversation about drug users and what people go through in that world. Yeah, so we're sitting right now, uh, I'm in Toronto, I, I live in uh, just the north part of the city here in Ontario, um, and uh, we have a, a real serious problem with uh, tainted drug supply is, you know, what we call it in, you know, as a caregiver or first responders, tainted drug supply, but what really it is, is it's, it's, it's mixed street drugs um, that are mixed now with even the more potent versions of fentanyl. We've all heard of fentanyl and, um, you know, recognize that uh, it's a, a deadly drug. It takes such a little amount of it, even on your skin uh, to get uh, into your system to perhaps even overdose. Uh, so the problem now is that there are the next versions, several new versions of uh, fentanyl, carfentanyl, and other versions beyond that that are so pure not so pure but so potent um that it takes such li a little bit of it 
to uh, to kill you. So if you're a, if you're a regular you know a heroin user or, or a regular uh, opioid user in some form, the needle, smoke it, snort it, uh, in whatever form you you use it, um, if any of those street drugs are now mixed with fentanyl, carfentanil, or any of the other analog versions of of those um, same types of man-made opioids. You think you're gonna, you know, you think you're gonna put so much in the needle. If anybody's seen anybody inject on the TV show, God forbid you see it in person, it's not pretty. So they you fill the, you cook up the the drug, comes to some level of purity, put it in a syringe, you draw back the syringe, and it opens up to one point two points. The lines on the outside of the syringe. So if you normally do two points of whatever, and that's what gets you your where you need to go that's your purpose high whatever the term might be for you some people it just gets them even some people it takes them away um and you, you hit something with great potency because you don't know what's in there those two lines could kill you so what we're right. seeing is not people that are just you know not um not careful about their drug use so to speak if that even makes sense but they're not sure of what they're using and the reason that these drugs are becoming more potent is because it's much cheaper. It costs less money to mix in some uh, import from China that is, you know, a man-made version of something which makes an, a, a, a form of drug, let's say some very weak heroin, you know, 100 times, 50 times stronger uh, at very little cost. So the math works out. From the user's perspective, some seek it. Because they're looking for the, the 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 next highest high they can get, almost to the edge of not coming back. You know, many people I deal with or have dealt with over the years. You know, they would say to me, "If I die in a hot shot, meaning if you know I take something, I smoke something, or shoot something, and and, and the high is so hot it kills me," um, you know, that's that's the way I want to go. So it's kind of there's a combination of living on the line, not knowing what you're using, and the the fact that there's a lot of you know, newer, younger users, and and it comes with pressed pills. It comes even mixed in, in forms of marijuana. It comes in all kinds of things like cocaine, MDA. So at all street levels, and sometimes even just casual users, they're hitting this this piece of fentanyl somewhere along the way, and it's killing people and sending a whole bunch to the hospital. And we have no way to control it at this point. So it's really a, it's really a problem, and it's it's going to spread across Canada through to BC and Alberta. Like if not already, it'll be there in no time. So we've heard this similarly before with just give us opium because we can deal with opium. We know we know what opium does, sort of like the old days of of drug use, right? Before it was mixed and cut and added and manipulated everything else. Is that similar to the perspective that that you're saying would at least make it predictable? So clean so clean supply is the term that people talk about. So clean supply. So I am an advocate for a controlled clean supply program. Uh, that comes with therapy. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good with, I personally not good with, uh, or in terms of even my practice methodologies, I'm not good with a facility where you come, you get, you know, you get yeah. your high on in a safe, clean place. I'm sure that saves lives. And then you go home. The convenience store right. so sort of scenario. Like, an, like where you go now to get your methadone or your Suboxone support supplied by the government. Uh, there's no therapy, like no therapy. You just get your drug for the day and you come back tomorrow. 
that, so if you can mix that with some therapy, I'm all for it. There's some folks out of BC that are doing some great work providing a daily dose of hydromorphine, uh, which is a much more controlled uh, drug. It's a much cleaner uh, version of the opioids that people are trying. And it's enough to get you not sick, but not enough to get you really high. Um, that's kind of the concept. Uh, so I'm all for the harm reduction portion of the horrible sickness and really life debilitating uh, work it takes to get clean in terms of detox. Uh, and I think that if we can provide people with a safe way to kind of get through the, the the edginess of the high, so to speak, of not getting the high, but not getting sick and give them therapy at the same time and some nutrition and fitness and medical attention, then you got a winning a winning combination. Otherwise, we're just going to warehouse addicts forever and ever and ever. Right now, the problem is they're dying on the street, and there's a lot of people out there that say, okay, you know, kind of let them sip themselves out, which I think is just a horrible, horrible approach to uh, how to deal with this disease and this, what will be a huge epidemic going forward here. How do we talk about um, the older folks and the morphines and uh -huh. the opioids for pain with the older folks? Because I know that that is very quietly happening in the background. Anybody who's listening yeah. that's going through that, yeah. Um, and you know, they don't want to be sitting, sleeping in their chair, right? Their days away. It's not quality of life, but they, at the same time might be dealing with pain. Where, where did they go, Yona? Well, yeah, that's a big problem. So, um, you know, a couple of combinations here, part of the, part of the street drug supplier from those same folks who trade those drugs for money and they can go buy groceries. So that's a whole different set of concerns. You know, when your person gets to a certain age, my father's 97, God, and thank God he's in good health, doesn't really take much medication at all, and I think he'll go to 120 easy. Uh, but for most of his buddies who are still alive, uh, a lot of them are on various forms of medication, which I, I, I keep telling him, thank God you're not on the maintenance drugs that your buddies are on. And when I say maintenance drugs, it's like, keep them quiet, keep them out of pain, keep them calm. And, and from a medical practitioner's perspective, perhaps, and maybe even the social, a social worker's perspective, that would be a quality of life. Um, from, a, from the patient's perspective, um, it's hard to break that. Like, you know, at, at 83, it's hard to think of detoxing from your, op from your narcotic pain medication. Like it could, it could kill you quite easily. Well, exactly. Right. I yeah. mean, not to mention it is giving you the, whether it is or isn't, I'm going to be cautious with my language. It's giving you the perception of quality of life. Yeah. But it's also giving you cramps and constipation and, and, mm -hmm. and, and bad digestion and heart palpitations, confusion, heart palpitations and confusion, uh, early onset Alzheimer's, like there's all kinds of studies and so on. Right. Um, but listen, I, I'm also a believer that the right medicine for the right reason makes tons of sense. That's why it's there, right? Um, so sometimes medical intervention, you know, using pharmaceutical intervention is is necessary. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a believer in nutraceutical you know opportunities. I, my father uh, uses CBD um, all day long and a little bit of CBD and THC at night when he sleeps and has a great night's sleep. Um, has you know does it in pill form? Has no idea it's really what's there. Um, I, you know I use CBD all day long, a little bit of CBD and THC at night for sleep. I have anxiety, you know, all kinds of mental health issues plus lower back pain. You know, I don't take, you know, that's the extent of my narcotic medication. Although if you looked at my MRI, you know, I could qualify for whatever I wanted. So it's a function of being able to advocate for yourself. And I think that's what older people, the people in my age bracket, and perhaps older than that, I think what we need to do and they continue to do is to advocate for yourself and say, listen, doctor, there's got to be another version of something. I can live with a little bit of pain. Like I can live with a two or three. 
I just can't live with an eight or a nine out of 10, which is usually the pain scale, right? So I can live with a two or a three and, and, and look at, look at other nutraceuticals, other forms of, of, uh, edibles and, 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 and vitamins and, and things that are available that are non-narcotic, non-addictive. Um, but pain, pain care, when you get into the medical world, there's very little out there that, um, doesn't, uh, doesn't become somewhat addictive or dependent, uh, over a period of time. So sometimes you have to trade out the, the least amount of side effects for the, Again, the best quality of life. Some people want to live to 85 and enjoy it, even though they could make it to 95 if they take, took certain meds, right? Right. I don't want to live like that. How many exactly. times have we heard that, right? Um, well, you brought us right back full circle to best and worst, all being one dance together, my friend. Pleasure. And beautifully. So somebody who's going through this, become an advocate for yourself exactly. and speak up and ask questions at the doctor. Don't hesitate to ask questions of another doctor and go through those things. Any other easy access points that you can refer people to just to just to learn how to become an advocate yeah, for themselves? Yeah, any of the uh, adult programs, I think like the, uh, what is it, the uh, Canadian uh, the, the, the Canadian Adult Association, what is it, the, the Association for Adults, whatever we have here. I'm a member of it. I just can't remember the acronym right now. Um, retired people. So any of the retired folk, uh, <laughs> retired folk, uh, 50 plus groups, uh, they all have all kinds of forums, yeah. all kinds of talks, uh, all kinds of opportunities to reach people and uh, get involved in chat rooms and so on. Um, and most importantly, I would talk to my pharmacist. Uh, they are mm, they are the most uh, available, easy access. Get there at a quiet time during the day and say, "Listen, can I you know spend 15 minutes with you? Here's what I am. Maybe take somebody with you if you want a little clarity or someone to take notes if that's not what you're up for, um, yeah. and go ask some questions. And then, yeah, ask specifics of your doctor exactly, from that conversation, exactly. which is great too. And not to mention that depending on your province, um, pharmacists can or will shortly be able to prescribe in certain scenarios. Uh, which is helpful too. So go do that. I, you know what? I put it as simple. Uh, if you see somebody in your community who's super active, exactly. ask them what they do. Or or, or go out and start Great doing idea. stuff where you're running into people that are super active, right? Go find yourself yeah. an indoor swimming pool and join it. Yeah. Wow. That's a, God, that pool, that's a magical place for people who have the joint pains yeah, and the man. back pain that you speak of yeah, and man. all those things without a doubt. Okay. Yona Bud, um, at your best, listen to the show <laughs> on Saturday nights on across the uh, all these channels he's on just before you are. I always really appreciate yeah, this time. I look forward Thank to you, it, Shane. Brother. See you soon, buddy. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with? 877-399-9898. That's our phone number here on The Shift, where you can share your thoughts about these stories that we've assembled for you. Some are weird, some are fun, some are silly, some are kind of scary. Are you okay with? Tradesies. I used to love trade sticker book when I was in elementary school. We used to trade stickers. Yeah, I uh, maybe a little bit of stickers when I was a kid. Definitely Yu-Gi-Oh cards and and magic cards when I was a kid. I used to be a mediator. I remember one time one of my buddies was trading a card that was worth way more than the other and I was like, "Hey, hey, 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 this isn't fair. You better kick up a couple more cards here to make it easy." That was fun. That was fun. Maybe you like I the do Superman that or the Robin Hood of trading cards or what? I like to take on the Robin Hood thing, and uh, but now as an adult, I just buy cards and don't end up trading them. So, yeah. Mm. Not to mention, you look pretty good in tights. Give you a compliment. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Montreal residents are dealing with a rough rental market, as are all Canadians. Things are so bad, though, some residents are planning to go on rent strike. Rent strikes are becoming increasingly popular in Canada, and in Montreal, a group of tenants are planning one for this fall. The tenants' rights group, SLAM, organized an information session at La Fontaine Park on Saturday afternoon, hoping to get 5,000 tenants to band together. Members of the group say a rent strike is the best self-defense for rising rent costs and predatory landlords. The public forum served to discuss tenants' motivations for a strike, the history of rent strikes, and the legal and practical questions facing a rent striker. This is something that does not affect your credit score as well and the idea is that 5,000 tenants on strike would maximize the strain on the system, maximize the protection that we can provide for each other and uh, minimize the, the risk. Okay, um, well that's if that's not enough of a problem Montrealers are trading something that isn't really a trading card. They're trading their homes. You see, it's it's an interesting idea. So apartment swapping happens through mutual lease transfers, which allow both parties to find exactly what they're looking for and switch homes with someone else, transferring the lease back and forth. Now, you can do this in Quebec. I don't know if you can do it everywhere, but you can do it in Quebec. So basically, if you're like, I've got a two-bedroom for $1,000. And they're like, I got a three-bedroom for $1,200. Want to switch? Okay. And you can basically, it's kind of like a sublet, except you're handing over the lease to somebody else. Now what's their problem? The landlords can just ask tenants for a rent increase in Quebec that they deem as just and reasonable, ahead of a lease renewal, for example. Well, I've got three years left on my lease. I've got two years or... Right, I'm going to leave in a year, and I don't need three years. You can benefit from this. Why don't you take my three-year lease? I'll take your one-year lease. Stuff like that, right? A tenant can negotiate or refuse the increase, and the two parties can also take the case to the province's rental board, which can ultimately set a fixed price. And you know that's going to be probably somewhere in the middle. Swaps are a strategy that builds on the tool of lease transfers, and it gives renters the ability to not only exercise choice in apartment hunting, but it allows them to work together to keep leases as they were agreed upon with the landlords as long as they're still active. Rentals.ca found the average asking price for rent in Montreal hit 1987 in July, 15.3% annual increase, putting the city among the top spots for the fastest rent growth among the country's largest markets. It seems like a good idea. I mean, you can find something, right? Like it's kind of like taking over a lease on a car, assuming a a lease. You used to be able to assume a mortgage. That was nice. Yeah. Well, I think about my last situation, how much stress it was just finding where I live right now. If I could have found an option where it's like, my apartment's this. Oh, this is another thing here. And and just like that paperwork. And it seems like a really big straight across thing. However, um, part of that rent um, strike has to deal with the fact that Quebec is considering uh, Bill 31, I believe, which would essentially make rent swapping almost impossible. So this might not even be a thing in Quebec for much longer. I would caution. I mean, I I did a, I assumed a mortgage at one point, which was great. Bought a house that way. Basically Mm -hmm. walked up to the guy and said, here's $30,000. I'll take your house, please. And he was like, no problem. That's exactly my equity. Here you go. Here's your payment. And um, that was great. Can't do that so much anymore. 
and which is too bad because it was a great way to get in on low interest rates, right? If someone has a low interest rate and they mm. want to sell their house, you could assume their mortgage. But in this case, though, when you're dealing with leases and contracts and there's no middle person to oversee it and read the fine print and advise on it, that gets a little bit dicey. And I wonder if it could be taken away only because if it does become a burden in the negotiating and the courts, that could be a problem. Because if there's like fine print, you didn't read it, and then you're like, yeah, but you didn't tell me that, by the way, I had to pay this for parking or my parking lease was a separate lease than my house lease and all these things. I inherited your Uncle Bob with the lease and all that stuff. You know, I mean, I get how it could be a problem, but as a notion, I think it's a good idea to be able to do that if you could just swap. Simple, easy. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and it giving us more options. People are so limited in what they can do to find a home, where they're going to find a home at, at rentals. It's so brutal. So giving people more uh, routes to finding a place to live right now seems like a good idea. Taking it away seems like a really, really bad idea. So yeah, I'm, uh, I like the idea. I'll be honest. It seems to, I mean, if you're going to be looking at, you know, changing your living situation and having all tools on the table, seems like one of them. Yeah. I like it. Are you okay with? I was thinking about that 15.3 annual rent increase. My rent went up. What they went? They went. 1350 to 1550. So that's almost 20%, more than 20%. Calgary, Calgary and the surrounding area are the fastest growing rental or fastest raising prices rental market in the entire country. It's mm -hmm. worse than Vancouver in terms of how much the price is going up. It's not as expensive, but it's probably going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I also don't exclude the fact that the landlords in some cases have higher interest rates to deal with too, and variable mortgages. So mortgages. So they have their own set of problems that they have to deal with as the landowner. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Are you okay with Beyonce? Yeah, okay. yeah, I like Beyonce. I, 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 th I love her as, a, as an icon. I loved listening to her music on the radio when I was a kid. Like, it was great pop music. Uh, I don't, like, actively listen to Beyonce a lot, but if somebody was like, hey, I got a ticket to her show, would I go? absolutely and i know somebody who spent more than you would at a taylor swift concert to go to the basically be stage side to see her in vancouver uh last week so really yeah yeah Some people That's crazy. queen b yeah. hmm. you know what her most streamed song is though strangely enough i'm gonna guess is it halo i can tell you i thought it would have been this yeah, music video. Yeah, amazing. But yeah, which I hate this song. Oh, I know, me too. It's totally. This is a mom minivan song, by the way. This is like a mom pop song. This is why it's the most listened to. Is because any radio station of the two thousands could put it on with no consequence. Yeah, but single Just, single ladies was so popular, and then um, mm -hmm. the but it's like three times as many streams on Spotify. This one you would have thought too. Seriously? Though. Yes. Um, but and that one is um, that one's a second with almost a billion streams. It's a lot. 
Anyway, um, she can sell millions of records, stream billions of songs, fill stadiums, and she defines an era in pop music. She can also induce labor. Beyonce was performing in L.A. over the weekend, and Sarah Frances Jones, an actor and dancer who's appeared in films, including Honey and Hairspray, said she and her partner, the neighborhood actor um, Marcel Spears, were attending Beyonce's concert at Sophie Stadium. She's very pregnant. and The baby wasn't due for another week. Uh, everything should be fine going to a concert with a baby doing a week, right? And then I started having contractions. <laughs> wow, wow. So baby girl was not due for several other days, several days later. Yeah. But this all happened right at the concert. Tell me about it. She wasn't due for another week. Um, and so I thought maybe they're Braxton Hicks. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, something's happening. And usually I like to dance at the concert. And I was like, I think I need to sit down for a second. <laughs> Well, I should. I can tell you, it should cost a billion to look this good right now. Um, so, Dad, tell me about the moment that this is all happening uh, for you. Yeah, I feel like my my job in the situation was to try and, and keep her calm, like try to keep everything. So, I I also thought it was Braxton Hicks, and she was like, "I'm feeling something." I was just like, "No, no, no, it's, it's early. Like, it'll pass. We're okay." And they were still like twenty, thirty minutes apart. So I was like, "We got, we got time. It's all good." And as the concert went on, we were like, oh, no, about this. <laughs> By the time we got to the car in the parking lot, it, it was full-on intense. And I was just like, okay, it, it, it's happening now. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is happening right now. This is happening right now. From KTLA, baby Nola arrived on September 5th, missing out on sharing Beyonce's September 4th birthday, but only by a few hours, which would have been extremely ironic. Uh, the couple chronicled their journey from the concert to Nola's birthday on Instagram. While they are actors, they're in Hollywood. Why wouldn't you capitalize on that? Um, that's cool, though. That's cool. It's a great story. Like, just awesome. Where were you born? Beyonce. <laughs> With Beyonce. It'd be great that's if it was like The backstage. soundtrack to my life. Right. It'd be funny if she grew up and she hated Beyonce, though. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.